The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com. Well, we are uh, starting a new series today, and as, as we start this series, I just, we're going to start it off uh, with a question that I want all of you to answer, all right? And so the, the question is this, uh, who's been the most influential person in your life? Who's been the most influential person in your life? So, so if you had to pick just one person, uh, who's had the greatest impact on your life? All right, so for 30 seconds here, feel free to share that uh, with, with someone next to you. And if you don't want to, feel free to sit awkwardly for 30 seconds. All right, so uh, biggest impact on your life, go. All right. Well, uh, I don't know who that, that would be for each of you. How many for you, it was, uh, it was one of your parents? Yeah, I figured that's, that's probably a lot of us. Uh, for me, it was, it's my dad for sure. Uh, but, but for some of you, it may have been someone else. It may have been a coach or a teacher or a grandparent, friend, uh, someone else like that. But uh, regardless, each one of us here, we can say we, we've had someone who's profoundly impacted our life, and we know how critical that can be. In this series, though, what we're doing is we're going to take that question to the next level. And we're going to say, who's had the greatest impact in history? Which one single life in all of human history has had the greatest effect on the greatest number of lives? Who would that be? Well, three years ago, uh, some researchers wanted to find out. And so so they put together this kind of formula to figure out who's had the greatest uh, history or impact on history. And so they looked at Wikipedia entries and how many times people read them and how long they are. They looked at the, the gravitas of a given individual, kind of seeing where are the fingerprints of this person throughout history, even to this day. They looked at their fame in their time in history. Uh, they looked at how often their, their name appears in books that are published annually. And there's all sorts of other factors that they kind of threw in to, to put together who's had the biggest influence on history. And so after calculating all that, they came up with a top 100 list. And we're going to go through each one of those. To, no, we're going to go through, uh, uh, we're going to go through the top five, okay? Top five most influential people in history, according to uh, these researchers. Uh, coming in at number five is good old Honest Abe. Abe Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln. Uh, not to be confused with Abraham Lincoln. Uh, so as a when I, when I ran for class president in fifth grade, that was my slogan was, vote for Gabe, he's the next Abe. Um, and so, I, di- I didn't win. I didn't win. Uh, it's because I didn't have the beard then, but now we're going for it. Anyways, uh, number four, uh, William Shakespeare, old Bill Shakespeare, number four. Number three, uh, Muhammad, the founder of Islam. Number two, and this one really surprised me that he was up this high, but according to the research, number two, Napoleon. Napoleon. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but number one, far and away the most influential person in all of human history, and it's not just because we're at church, is Jesus. It's Jesus, right? That far and away, Jesus of Nazareth, a man who actually lived and walked this earth, first century Palestine, under the thumb of the Roman Empire, he has had the biggest influence in all of history. H.G. Wells put it like this. A historian like myself, who doesn't even call himself a Christian, finds the picture centering irresistibly around the life and character of this most significant man. The historian's test of an individual's greatness is what did he leave to grow? Did he start men to thinking along fresh lines with a vigor that persisted after him? By this test, Jesus stands first. 
And I love that quote by, by H.G. Wells, right? He says, hey, hey I'm, I'm not even a Christian, right? But he's just, just out of intellectual integrity. He says, I've just got to recognize that who Jesus is, who he was, has been the most influential factor in all of history. That this guy's fingerprints are absolutely everywhere. And that's what we're going to look at in this series, is the massive impact that Jesus' life has had on our world. And so in this series, this is some of the topics we're going to cover. We're going to, we're going to look at how Jesus' life revolutionized how we see people on the margins of society. Uh, we're going to see how his thoughts have shaped academia for centuries. We're going to see how his ethic of humility completely redefined what we understand greatness to be in our world. Uh, how his claim to be a king has actually shaped the political frameworks we even see to this day. And we're going to see his lasting impact on, on aesthetics, on beauty and the art. And so we're going to look at how, how Jesus' life has had these incredible ripple effects into where we are today. Uh, and to help guide us in that, uh, we're, we're following along this book uh, by John Ortberg called Who Is This Man? Uh, would encourage you, if you want to, to pick up a copy of it. It's like 15 bucks on Amazon. Um, and so I want to invite you to do that if you'd like to. It's super accessible. It's a really great book. I've recommended it to a few of you already. Uh, but, but I encourage you to do that. If you don't want to, that's fine too. Uh, you won't miss out on the series at least. You'll miss out on some more detail. But uh, hopefully the series will give you enough of a taste of it. And, and I just want to say, just kind of intro the series today. We're, we're doing it for a couple reasons. Uh, the, the first reason we're doing this is, is simply this. For, for those of us that, that call ourselves Christians, like, like my hope in this series is, is that we would just be amazed at Jesus again. That we would just be blown away by him again. I think sometimes when you're a Christian or maybe you've been in the church for a while, uh, Jesus starts to get boring's not the right word, but he's just not quite as exciting anymore. And it's just kind of like, well, he's the guy on the cross that forgives our sins, and that's kind of that. And it's just sort of like, yep, there he is again. But man, I want, us, I want him to, to recapture our imaginations. I want us to have a, a fresh look at him again and be, be awestruck by who he is and, and how he challenges us and, and inspires us. And, and so I want us to have a fresh look at Jesus in this series. The second reason uh, we're doing this series, I'll, I'll explain with a story. So, so a friend of mine is, is starting a new church in South Austin, and, and to do that, he's, uh, he's using a program called Alpha, and, uh, and Alpha is this uh, program, it's, it's, out of, it's out of England, and the idea behind it is it's, it's really it's like this series of videos, and you host these dinners, and it's to introduce people who, who don't know Jesus and don't know the gospel, and it's through a, a multi-week process to introduce them to, to Jesus and the gospel. And, uh, and it's actually a really intense program, they're really strict about how you do it, because it's actually got pretty good track record, pretty good results. And so I asked my buddy, I said, so, so why are you doing this? Like, why have you decided to go this direction with your church? Like, that's a pretty major investment. And he said, Gabe, listen, I've, I've got all sorts of friends that don't believe in Jesus, aren't Christians, and I don't think this program is the silver bullet. I don't think they're all going to come to this and all of a sudden at the end just start following Jesus hardcore. But he said, but I at least want them to reject him for the right reasons. I at least want them to reje reject him for the right reasons. And, and I love that line of thinking, right? I at least want them to reject him for the right reasons. So that's the second reason for this series. Because there's, there's all sorts of thoughts about who Jesus is and what he claimed and who he really is and what he really said and all that. And my hope is that in this series, we can bring some clarity to who he is. And that people can actually have a chance to respond to Jesus. They can actually either respond in faith or respond in rejection to who he presents himself to be. Because 
what we're going to see in our text today, we'll get into this, is that that's Jesus' invitation to all people, is to respond to him. That he shows up and he invites all people to respond to him. And so what we see in our text today is that as he calls his first followers, he invites everyone to follow, see, and experience him. Okay, in our text today, we'll see Jesus invites everybody to follow, to see, and to experience him. All right, so, so let's get into the text. Uh, Jesus invites people to follow him. Look with me at verses 43 to 44. It says this, uh, The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. All right, so we'll pause here. So, so Jesus comes up to this guy, comes up to Philip, says two words to him, right? Follow me. And the impression we get from this text is that Philip just gets up and starts following him. And then our text points out that Philip's from Bethsaida, uh, the city of Andrew and Peter. Now, Andrew and Peter, just a couple verses earlier, we didn't read it, but Jesus says two words to them. And they just get up and start following him. And this text is so, like, fascinating to me. Uh, because we see here, it's as if Jesus had this sort of, like, irresistible magnetism to him, right? Like, like we know from other texts that, that Philip and Andrew and Peter, they're fishermen, all right? So these are, these are tough dudes. These are hardworking guys, a little rough around the edges, right? Probably cussed a fair amount, uh, you know, and, and, and Jesus comes up, says two words, and they just follow him. It's amazing. Like, like, they don't know anything about him yet. He hasn't done any miracles yet. He hasn't done any teaching yet. And he just says, follow me. And it's as if they're just like, well, we should at least check him out. You know, what, what have we got to lose? We should at least check him out. And I think the same opportunity is in front of each of you today. You can at least check him out. At least examine him. You can at least look at him. What have you got to lose? Uh, so, so some of you know that, that I, uh, every once in a while, go through my sermons. I, I have a friend of mine named Corey who uh, probably wouldn't call herself a Christian, and she listens to my sermons, and her and I sit down, and, and we, uh, we debrief them. Uh, and we actually haven't done it in a while, but I was thinking back on the first time her and I sat down. And so, so we sit down, we're in a coffee shop, and, uh, and she just says to me right off the bat, she's like, Gabe, I just want you to know, like, I don't, I don't really know anything about Jesus. And I said, that's okay, you know, because, because he knows you. And, and I believe he's, he's here with us right now. And as soon as I said that, she got this smile on her face, and there was a chair sitting next to me, and she just goes, well, hello, Jesus. It's nice to meet you. I'm looking forward to getting to know you more. Uh, and, and I love that about her, man. I love that, that approach that she had, that, that she recognized the invitation to, to at least check him out, to at least consider him, to at least open herself up to digging into him more. And that's the invitation to each of you this morning to at least consider. And what we see in our text is that as we follow Jesus, as we learn more about him, he invites us to ask questions, to ask hard questions and see who he actually is. So look with me at the next few verses, 45 to 46. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. All right, so Philip starts following Jesus. He's walking around. He sees his buddy Nathanael. And he says, Hey, Nathanael, I think we found the Messiah. I think we found the promised one of Israel. And he's from Nazareth. 
And Philip says, can anything good come from Nazareth? Now, what Nathaniel's doing, he's actually asking a good question. Uh, you know, it sort of sounds like he's maybe just like bagging on Nazareth, right? Like, can anything good come from Detroit? Jury's still out, right? But that's, but no, he says, uh, can anything good come from Nazareth? But he's actually asking a good question, and here's why. His entire life, Nathaniel, as, as a good Jewish boy, would have been taught Micah 5 too. Micah is an Old Testament prophet, and so his entire life, Nathaniel would have been taught Micah 5 too. And Micah 5 too says that the Messiah is going to come from Bethlehem. The Messiah is going to come from Bethlehem, not Nazareth. And so Nathaniel's saying, no, 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 no. He's not supposed to come from Nazareth. He's supposed to come from Bethlehem, so you, gotta ha- you must have the wrong guy. Now what I love is how Philip responds here. Right? Nathaniel raises a challenging question, and Philip just goes, yeah, I don't know. Come and see. Got to come check it out. Right? I mean, it's amazing. He's like, yeah, that's, that's a great point. Well, just come and see. Let's just come check it out. Let's just explore it. Let's, let's figure it out. And I think there's a lot that we can gain from Philip's response here, that we can gain from his posture. Like his buddy raises a challenging question about something he believes. And Philip doesn't get all fired up and angry and write some rant on Twitter. No, 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 no. He doesn't do that. He doesn't get up in arms. But he also doesn't back away. He doesn't say, oh, yeah, you're right. I didn't think about that. I guess I'm an idiot for believing anything, so whatever. Let's go play hacky sack. No. He says, come and see. Come and see. Let's check it out. Let's go and see him. Let's, let's examine the evidence. Let's dig into it. Let's ask the hard questions. Let's think about this. See, Christians, we, we don't ever need to be afraid of the truth. Ever. We don't need to be afraid of the truth. If you're a Christian, you don't need to be afraid of because our faith is not, it's not some pie in the sky, wishful thinking, la-di-da. It's, it's actually grounded, rooted in events and in claims and in people that we can actually dig into. And if you're not a Christian, I, I hope that you're not afraid of the truth either. I hope you see that, that I mean, my goal for, for all of us is that we live in reality as best as we can understand it, right? I mean, I think that's what we want is to live in reality as best as we, we can understand it. And so our text says, come and see. Come and see. Ask the hard questions. Go for it. Right? So maybe Jesus was just a nice guy with a knack for catchy sayings and, and his earliest followers just sort of exaggerated stories about him and they ended up dying incredibly horrific deaths defending those lies. Maybe that was the case. Or maybe the most influential man in the history of the world is as incredible as these first biographies claim him to be. Maybe he's the Messiah, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. Either way, it's worth looking into. It's worth looking into. I mean, look what happens to Nathaniel. He looks into it, and looks, look what happens to him in our text. 47 to 49. Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathaniel said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. All right, so Nathanael shows up to, to come and see Jesus, sees him from far off, and he says, Behold, an Israelite in whom there is no deceit, uh, the old King James, the, the King Jimmy version, uh, says in whom there is no guile, no guile. And that word there, uh, the idea that's being described here is, is about Nathanael's character. 
that Jesus is saying, hey, here comes a guy who is who he says he is. What you, what you see is what you get. He's unpretentious, he's transparent, he's a frank guy, he just calls it like he sees it. And Jesus is describing Nathaniel's character. And Nathaniel says, you got me. How, how do you know who I am? How, how do you know my personality? How do you know my character tree? How, how do you know me? And Jesus says, I saw you when you were under the fig tree. And at this, we see here, Nathaniel just like freaks out, right? And he says, you are the son of God. You are the Messiah. And so in this blink of an eye, the skeptic becomes a believer. Why? Because he experiences Jesus. He goes and he investigates the truth. And when he sees Jesus, when he experiences Jesus, it overwhelms him. And he believes. Now check out what Jesus says to him, verses 50 to 51. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And so Jesus says to Nathaniel, Bro, you believe because I gave you like a glimpse of who I am? Oh, you're going to see so much more. You're going to see so much more than that. And then verse 51, Jesus does something pretty incredible here. He says, uh, truly, truly. See that, those words there? All right, so that's a translation of, of an Aramaic word uh, that you all know. Uh, amen. Amen, amen. Uh, which, which literally translated means like, it is true. And so Jesus says, it's true, it's true. Now, every commentator, every ancient historian I have ever read points out that for Jesus to say this is incredibly unique. Like, literally, no one else in the rest of ancient history starts off what they're going to say by saying, amen, amen, truly, truly. Because amen, that word, was only ever used to affirm or accredit the words of another person. Right? So, so in ancient times, the guy's up front in the synagogue, and he's doing his thing and, and preaching, and then at the end of the, the, the gathering... Um, you know, the elders would stand up in the back and they'd say, amen, which meant like, hey, what this guy said, it lines up with our scriptures, it's true, we approve of it, amen, good to go. Uh, it even happens here sometimes, right, Sherm? Amen, there it is, thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I said that at 9.30 and they're, they're like, totally didn't get it. I'm like, oh, you gotta come to 11, that's the rowdy crowd. Uh, so, uh, at, at any rate, um, so it even happens here sometimes, it does, but, but no one ever does it for themselves. I don't amen myself, but Jesus does. Jesus starts off what he's going to say by saying, listen, what I'm going to say is true. And so it's as if Jesus is saying, hey, listen, when I speak, it's not just like an optional thing you can take or leave if you like or don't like. Jesus is saying, when I speak, it's not just like, Eh, well, if you, if you want to agree with me or not, it's fine. No, no, no. Jesus is saying, when I speak, it's with the authority of the Son of God. Jesus is saying, I'm revealing divine truths to you. And this first divine truth he does in the, the Gospel of John is he says, you're going to see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the, on the Son of Man. Now, what's that about? Well, he's referencing the, the Old Testament story of Jacob, where, where Jacob has this, this vision of, of a ladder up to heaven. And there's angels ascending and descending on this ladder, and at the top of the ladder is God. And what I love is Jesus recaptures that vision. But what does he get rid of? 
gets rid of the ladder. He says, there's, there's not a ladder for you to get God. There's not stuff you do to earn your way up to Him. There's not steps you got to climb. He says, no, 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 no. Heaven has come down to you in the form of the Son of Man. He's talking about Himself. He says, something supernatural has invaded this world, and it's me. Heaven's invaded earth, and I'm here. And I'm here for you. That you don't got to climb up to God, but God has come down to get you. And Jesus says, I've come and I'm going to change everything. Change everything. And he does. And he has. And he continues to. Even to this day. One of the main ways that Jesus works is through his people. It's through the local church. We're called the body of Christ. And there's a, a variety of ways that, that he works through the local church, but one of the main ones for us, one of the brightest spots for us this last year uh, has been through our free child care center for, for teen parents, Acts of Love. And I want you all to, to hear a little bit more about that this morning, to, to hear what it's like to experience Jesus' people and to see what that can do uh, in someone's life. And so I'd like to invite uh, Serenity and Brandy up front. Ooh, can we get Xavier today too? Or this service? You guys got the bonus. So you guys can welcome them up. Um, yeah, awesome. Cool, cool. Are we all right? He's asleep. Okay. It'll be a whisper interview. Um, I'm kidding. We can't do that. Can you take, is, you got it, Serenity? Okay, awesome. Uh, well, so I've been so blessed to get to know you guys over the last few days and a little bit over the last year, uh, but uh, would love for our friends here who maybe don't know you all as well, just to kind of get a basic bio. Maybe, Brandy, if you want to start where, where you grew up, your kids, uh, that sort of deal. Yeah. Hello. Good morning. Um, so I'm from San Antonio originally. Um, we moved here to Leander, Cedar Park area, about six years ago um, after I got out of the military. Um, this is Xavier. He was asleep now. Um, and my daughter Serenity, and I also have a 13-year-old. Um, his name is Jason. He says hello. Yeah. Sorry, he couldn't be here. Awesome. Um, and yeah, that's yeah. cool. That's yeah. perfect. Thank you. And Serenity, <laughs> would you share a little bit about who you are, where you go to school, what grade you're in, that sort of um, deal? So I'm Serenity, and I go to Glen High School right now. Um, I did go to Leander, but Glen has helped me a lot, um, being a parent, and helped me kind of finish school a little early. Um, I had planned to graduate with my class, but I kind of wanted to graduate early so that way I can spend more time with him. Um, but my school has been really helpful and my teachers are always helping me with him and they've always asked um, about my son. So they're real helpful and they're real nice and my counselors are always talking to me and kind of having meetings just to see where I'm at with everything. Awesome, awesome. Thanks, Serenity. Um, and then can I ask y'all, as, as we celebrate Acts of Love Sunday, we, we'd just love to hear, what's, what's your experience been with Acts of Love? How'd you get connected? What's, uh, what's the story behind that? How'd you end up? Well, when I first had got pregnant, I, had, I told my mom, so we were kind of, we were kind of like, okay, well, now we have to figure out daycare, because I was going to start school soon, and he was going to be born. Um, we did do the lighthouse for a bit, um, but then... I had talked with my teachers and Ms. Bonnie, and she helped me a lot with being a parent and 
guiding me through again, life. Real quick. So just so you all know, uh, Miss Bonnie is Bonnie Han. She's uh, part of our congregation, works with an organization called Parents as Teachers that works with uh, parents of young children in the community. Um, and so, but she ended up being a connection for you to Axe Love, so sorry. Yeah, um, well, she guided me a lot through that and I was really scared to be a parent, so she helped me a lot through being a parent and kind of dealing with everything. So she had told me about parents as teachers and and how they help me out a lot and how they they get really connected with us and with Xavier. So when we had came to talk to the teachers, they felt really nice and Xavier warmed up to them really quick and every time he comes into school, he he's yelling and he already knocks on the door and he, he runs and he loves his teachers and he's always smiling when we pick him up. So he learns a lot of new things when we pick him up. I've noticed he knows his colors and he knows mom and he knows grandma and he knows uncle so he's he's learned a lot and he's grown a lot from what we have seen in the daycare awesome thanks Ronnie. that's cool and brandy as, as grandma would you mind sharing kind of your experience with getting connected to acts 11 what that's been like for you yeah. um so initially when i first found out of, of course i was really shocked um definitely a lot of worry and concern um a, a lot of fear i had no idea what we were gonna do um, you know, and I had, um, we were considering all options and I initially had run across acts in the community paper and I, at first I didn't put too much thought into it. And then, um, Miss Bonnie, um, through the school and everything, she told Serenity and Serenity comes and she tells me and I'm like, okay. Now, so for me, that was like, all right, my second sign. So I talked about it a little bit, um, and then the third thing for us was um, my son's best friend, his mom, um, said that she had seen something on the internet or had read about it. Um, and so she told me, so I was like, wow, I was like, that's, that's three different signs, three different peoples. I was like, okay, something's, something's there. Yeah. Um, and so Seren's right, you know, we, we did come and we talked with everybody. Miss Bonnie was very active in getting us connected with Miss Katie who, has been a huge blessing for us um, along with Miss Lori. And um, we had kind of looked at other options for childcare and what we were gonna do and nothing just really sat right with us. I didn't feel it in my heart. I just had a unsettling feeling with other places. And when we did come and talk here and um, kind of look at the facility, I, I definitely had this really good feeling. I've, love i mean you could feel it the center hadn't even opened up yet um xavier is actually one of the first babies that y'all were able to take in and so with that we just felt extremely blessed and um just every time yeah, i thought about it when i went home at night of what am i going to do where should we go and um this has been the best decision that we decided on for our family um, I talk about y'all to anybody and everybody that'll listen on how big of a blessing y'all really have been for us, um, especially Miss Katie and Miss Laurie. I don't see them as somebody that watches my grandson like just a childcare provider or oh, this is just a daycare. Um, I really do feel that every time we bring him here, I'm bringing him to family. And I, I, mean, I mean that from the bottom of my heart, um, Xavier, loves to come here when we pick him up, when we drop him off, he knows. I mean, he's always happy, he's always excited, he has learned a lot. Um, the involvement that y'all have with Serenity on 
just helping her to, you know, be independent and how to be a mother and how to be there for her son has been just really a big blessing. I, I can't begin to. It's awesome. Yeah, like I said, Thanks, there's Brandy. really not enough words to describe just everything that y'all have done for us. Thanks, Brandy. Thanks for sharing that with us. That's awesome. Um, before we let y'all go, is, is there anything else um, you'd want to share? And I, I don't know if there's, as, as far as, um, and, and Brandy, if it's all right for me to share this, I know you were a young mom too yes. as well. And, and so if there's anything that, that we as, as people of God can know about how we can better care and how we can better support uh, folks experiencing uh, having children at an early age. Um, I think from going through my own experience, um, I, I had very, very, very few people that were there to help me and guide me. So a, a lot of what I learned was through my own, um, my grandparents, cool. you know, were the ones who were the big influence in my life. Um, so I just the involvement, the being there, the blessings, the um, doing what y'all are doing every day to keep this up and going and alive. I mean, it is such a big help. Um, awesome. I mean, this is proof right here. <laughs> you know, Xavier, I wish he was awake. You, you'd see how happy he is. And a big part of that does come from Yon, from Miss Katie and Miss Lori and Miss Bonnie, all, all of y'all. Awesome. So. Awesome. I'm actually Definitely. happiest when I'm sleeping, so I'm, I'm with him. Yeah. That's good. Um, he, he's snoring. That's awesome. Uh, Serena, do you have anything you'd want to add to that, ways that, that folks can support young moms? Maybe as like a teen mom, kind of just somebody there to kind of guide them and help them and kind of talk to them and say, you know, you're not always alone and there's always someone there with you. So kind of just someone there for a teen mom or someone who doesn't really have someone to kind of just be there and kind of guide them and on what's more important and how happy life can really be. That's awesome. Thanks, Renee. I appreciate that. Well, before we let you guys go, we would uh, we'd love to pray over you again if we, we could. And um, for, uh, we love to just raise up a hand of blessing. So if, if you're comfortable doing that, and, uh, and I'll pray over you guys here. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this family. Uh, thank you for, for Brandy and Serenity and Xavier. And uh, I just thank you for, for bringing them into our lives and our community. And, and I just ask your hand of blessing on them. Uh, I thank you for their honesty and their vulnerability and their willingness to share their story this morning and the strength you gave them to do that. And I just pray you'd uh, bless them, Lord. Uh, may Xavier grow up to know you, to follow after you. Uh, may you be with uh, Serenity and Brandy as they, they work together to, uh, to care for and provide for him, Lord. And uh, so we lift this family up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If we can say thanks to them for sharing their story with us. So, uh, I didn't bring any fireworks, so there's no way I'm going to top that uh, to close up. Uh, and so let me just uh, summarize things real quick. Is that, that my prayer for you all as we kind of get into this series, as we look at Jesus again and what he's done, is that you'd really dive into knowing him and see that he's come for you, that he went to the cross for you, that he rose again for you, that he offers life for you. And uh, my prayer is that we grab hold of that together in the next few weeks. Uh, so let's go to him now. Heavenly Father, thanks for this time. Thanks for being with us. God, thank you for heaven invading earth, for, for Jesus coming here, that we would know you. Now, there's not a ladder we have to climb, but you come to get us. 
May we rest in that grace. May we rest in that love. May we learn more and more about who Jesus is. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at axechurchleander.com.